You're listening to the Community Podcast, episode 142. Reverend Doug Baker's message is titled, Remember. If you'd like to learn more or watch the video from this podcast, please visit comref.org. Hi there. I haven't been in here in such a long time. You may have forgotten who I am. I'm Doug Baker, one of the pastors here at Community Reformed Church, and we get to talk about God's Word today. We get to talk about remembering today. You probably got a sense of that as you were listening to Pastor Chris and uh, and uh, just some of the, the, what Susie was saying, it's just the power of remembering is, is what we're digging into and, 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 and how can we claim that? Why, why is it so important? What does God have to say about remembering? And on this Memorial Day weekend, there is something powerful about it. Uh, we talk about never forgetting uh, as a nation. There are these monumental moments that happen. Uh, there are these people that have done so much. We don't ever want to forget why. Why is this important? Why it's not? It can't just be something sentimental. It can't just be something where we're going to just work really hard to do it. There's got to be a purpose behind it, and there's got to be a, a rhythm to it in our lives. And what can that be? So we're going to talk about remembering today. We're going to talk about it because God wants us to talk about it, because he thinks it's really important. He says it many times in his words, the importance of remembering. He says, be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you can forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children, to their children after them. He says, be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you. He says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Over and over again, God reminds us of the importance of remembering. And we know about remembering. We like remembering. It's fun to remember. You ever get together with a good, old, uh, good set of friends or maybe some family and you're sitting around the table and this is the time suddenly you're like thinking about those old memories. Do you remember that time that uh, you were sleepwalking and you peed in the popcorn? Do you remember that time? Like you're telling all these stories, right? Maybe that's not your memory. That's my memory. I have a my brother did that. Uh, there's a lot of pee memories when we get together uh, as a family. I digress. Um, <clears throat> it's a fun, right? I get together with my college buddies and we remember some of the cool stuff that we got to experience. We remember some of the things we pulled off, the things we got away with, the things we didn't so much get away with. And we're rolling, right? You're, you're laughing so hard that you're wheezing and, and you're just telling these stories because remembering is fun. There's something beautiful in it. There's something biblical to it. When the Bible talks about remembering, the Bible wants us to remember what God has done over and over again as it talks about the importance of remembering, setting up monuments, setting up these, uh, the, the, the cairns, the, the, the piles of rocks is, is a remembrance of the Lord our God, what he has done, how he has moved, how he has delivered, what he has protected his people from, what he has brought us through. We need to remember. It's built into our DNA. The power of it, the necessity of it, is a gift that we give the generations that come after us. And there's important reasons why. One of the reasons uh, pops up out of Hebrews chapter 2, that we must pay most careful attention to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. Uh, it's so easy in the hustle and bustle and the chaos of life to, to find ourselves preoccupied and distracted with all the things that are going on, and we forget the things that are important. It's easy to drift away, and God doesn't want us to drift away. He wants us to stay close because he's a loving dad. But the other reason, one of the other reasons why it's important to remember is what we're going to be talking about. It comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 11. 
This is where we're going to be digging into God's word today. So Deuteronomy 11, if you want to open your Bibles. I'm going to be kind of leaping through this, uh, this chapter. I'm going to read uh, an initial part of it, like the first couple of verses, and then I'm going to leap all the way to chapter, uh, to verse 18. So follow along if you can. The word should be up on the screen. Hear this, God's word today. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Remember today, Remember that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to his whole country. What he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place. What he did to Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, the Reubenite, when the earth opened its mouth right in the middle of all Israel and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that belonged to them. It was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Verse 18. So fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's an important reason to remember. And not just to remember in our own heads, but to tell the stories. To share with those who are coming along after us what God has done. The reason is, is they didn't get to see it. My children do not know the grand, amazing ways that God worked in my life, the, the things that he did for me when I was just a kid, a kid who doesn't, didn't go to church. We never went to church when I was a kid. They, we didn't go to church, and, 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 and we, we, we kind of just kind of did our own thing. Sometimes we went to church, uh, but we didn't like it at all, so we avoided it as much as possible. I, I, for the most part, was not a church person, but I can, I can tell the ways, even in the midst of that, that God was there. He was walking with me. He protected me from falling out of that tree that one time, and, and he didn't protect my brother. My brother got the concussion. God loves me more. Brothers. I can tell them the stories because they weren't there. How will they know what God has done if I don't share it with them? They have to know. They have to know the lessons that he's given me. And this is important because if we don't tell them, then their future kind of is uncertain. They've got to figure it out on, on, on their own. But we can give them guidance. We can help them figure it out so that their days may be many in the land that the Lord has promised. We want that for our kids. We want that for those that are coming up. I want that for you. So I'm going to tell you crazy stories so that you know how God has moved. Now, just to be clear, we are not talking about worshiping the past. This isn't about uh, 
living in the past and trying to make the past the future. There are glorious moments in the past, but they are past. They inform the future, but they are not the future. There's a lot of temptation to do that. Uh, Pastor Kurt and I just got back last week from Hungary. We had an amazing time. The church is spectacular in Hungary. It's a, a beautiful thing that's happening. It has a lot of history and heritage. We walked through a thousand-year-old sanctuary of a church in a land where only 2% of the people are Christian. There are churches grand monumental old churches that dot the landscape in every single little town and hamlet and almost no one goes to them. And it's one of the struggles of the church in Hungary right now as they try and figure out their identity. How much of the past do they hang on to? What about those old rules and the old ways? What about the new things? And we got to hang out with some church planters who are doing new stuff and the church is just <laughs> taking off. As these young people are coming out of university and they're finding out that you can love Jesus differently than the ways of the past. Now, I'm not talking about worship in the past. That can be just as dangerous as forgetting to talk about it. But we do need to talk about it. We do need to celebrate what God has done. We do need to help people know the lessons that have been learned. And so today, in that uh, Kind of in, with that in mind, with that, uh, yeah, my brain isn't working. So I'm just going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story of something that happened that illustrates what we need to remember, the, the power of remembering and the cost of forgetfulness. I'm going to tell you today the story of a young man named Josiah. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. That's out of 2 Kings. Now, if you're going to get to know the story of Josiah, you've got to begin with the story of his grandfather. So, we go back in time a little bit further. It's the middle of the 600s BC, and uh, in the kingdom of Judah was a good king. This is uh, Manasseh's dad. This good king in the middle of the 1600s dies, and Manasseh, who is Josiah's grandpa, takes over. At 12 years old, he takes over the kingdom. Now, um, what is Judah? What am I talking about? I got a map for you. Um, <clears throat> So at this time, the nation of God's people was split in two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was called Israel. The southern kingdom was called Judah. Gone were the days of King David. Gone were the days of King Solomon when everybody was all hanging out together. People are fighting now. Everybody's arguing, and, and they have to have their own kingdoms now. And in the north, Israel, they're ruled by their own set of kings. And in the south is Judah. This is where Jerusalem is. They're ruled by their own set of kings. And in that lineage of kings are some good kings and some not-so-good kings. The king... Manasseh's dad was a good king, and then he died, and his 12-year-old son, Manasseh, had to take over, and it was, all, it was Manasseh's job at this point to remember, to call, get his people to remember who God was and to live the life of God's people. That's what a good king did, 
And at this task, 12-year-old Manasseh failed miserably. He began to lead God's people into idol worship. He remodeled God's temple and made it a place of idolatry and evil. He led God's people to worship many false gods. And Manasseh did this, this depravity, this evil in the sight of God for 55 years. 55 years. In fact, his depravity and evil in the sight of the Lord was so great that the Lord's wrath was kindled against Judah. Both of these kingdoms, the north and the south, uh, Israel and Judah, both of them fell fell to uh, invaders. God protected them for seasons, and then he said, I'm done protecting you. Israel fell first. Israel never had a good king. Every single king in the line of Israel was horrible, terrible, idol worship, nastiness. Judah did have good kings. There was good and bad. There's kind of this mixture. Manasseh was like the culmination of the worst It was because of what he did that God said, I'm done. The Babylonians will conquer you when the time is right. Not during your reign, Manasseh, but eventually the Babylonians will come in and take over my protection over my people no more. So he ruled for 55 years badly. At the end of that, he died and his son took over. His son was named Amon. Amon ruled for two years. He was particularly nasty. His servants just got sick of him, so they killed him. It's kind of abrupt. And then eight-year-old Josiah steps in. Now, before we say anything more about Josiah, you need to know something contextually that will bring a little bit of illumination You need to know something about lifespans. Anybody know what the average lifespan is here in the United States? You can't answer. You already know. Don't cheat. Approximately? Good guesses. 78. Good. If you guess higher than that, you're probably thinking the women who live longer. You're right. Women live longer. Just men who drag you down. 78 is the average lifespan here in the United States. It's a good long life, right? Some live more, some live less. Life back then in the 600s, 500s BC was not quite as good as we have it. You know what the average lifespan was back then? 40. Between 30 and 40 years, that's all the longer anybody lived. Can you imagine having to live all of the, do all the things that you need to do? Everything that you want to accomplish in your life has to be done by 40 That's it. They were done. 40 years, the average lifespan. Now, if that's going to be the average lifespan, think about it. How long did Manasseh reign? 55. The double nickels. He reigned longer than most people lived. Which means that the way he did things, everything that he was doing, this bad king after a good one, was basically all anybody was going to remember. Yes, he took over from his dad, and things were good. He, he took over from a bad king from a good king. And there were people around when he took over who understood, who remembered. Oh, yeah, but there's, there's a good way to be God's people. There's a right way to do things. we got to remember these things, right? And then, and then time goes on, and he starts infiltrating uh, his society with all of this nastiness, and it just becomes the norm. This is what people do. And, and pretty soon, the people who are remembering what it was like under a good king, they're just dying off. Their lives are, are 40 years 
some a little bit more, but some a little bit less. And pretty soon, under Manasseh's time, there's nobody alive who remembers what it was like to be the people of God the way the people of God were supposed to be. It's over, like for a couple generations. All the people knew at that time was a life of idol worship and the desecration of the temple and evil in the sight of the Lord. They didn't call them those things. They just called them everyday life. They didn't know any better. They'd forgotten. They'd forgotten how to be a people who pleased God. So, now to Josiah. Manasseh reigns for 55 years. His son takes over for two, that's 57. And then Josiah takes over as an eight-year-old. He's born into this world. He's born into this environment. He's born into a people who call themselves chosen but live as pagan. He's born and raised in an environment where temple prostitutes are normal and sacrificing children every day. Where worshiping multiple gods is not only seen as something it'd be a good idea to do, it's something you must do because why not worship multiple gods? Hedge your bets. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And this is normal. This is everyday life. It's what everybody did. It's been that way for several generations. That's all anybody remembers. Because they weren't telling the stories from before. Because the king didn't make them tell the stories from before. So nobody knew any better. It's just the way that you do it. And at eight years old, when his dad is killed, Josiah becomes king over everyone. Now, he was a good king. The Bible tells us he was a great king. Remember when I started that up? He says uh, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. He was a great king. Except at first... For 14 years, he reigned the same way that it had been done. He didn't change anything. The temple was still desecrated. There were mediums and, and, and evil idol worshiper people, people uh, high places and all the things that happened in, in, in Old Testament times that, that shouldn't have been happening. And he didn't change a thing. At 26 years old, 14 years into his reign, something begins to change. Not, not the things that should have changed. The temple had kind of fallen into disrepair. It was time to kind of fix it up. Uh, the carpet was getting frayed. And, and, you know, it was time to kind of rip things out and get some new carpet, maybe fix the pews and, uh, you know, church facelift kind of stuff. <laughs> And so he begins the process. He's not, he's not changing the idol worship. He's not thinking critically about any of the stuff of how they're living because it's so steeped in history. Of course, it must be right. The temple's in disrepair. It needs a spit and a polish. During the course of the repairs, the high priest in a back storeroom somewhere found a scroll. It had been hidden away. But he found it. He pulls it out. And lo and behold, he has found a book of the law. Uh, some scholars today think that he found the book of Deuteronomy. He's very excited. A lost book of the law. Woo. Let's take it to the king. 
hey, king, look what I found. The king's like, ooh, I want to hear what it has to say. And he has it read to him. And Josiah hears, probably for the first time in three generations, the word of God. God is remembered. The beauty of the Lord shines forth. And suddenly Josiah has to come face to face with the reality. Uh Uh-oh. We haven't been doing so good. And it, it messes with him. He experiences deep despair. 2 Kings 22, verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes, which is what people did back then when they're blown away. Their mind is just rocked, utter disbelief at what is in front of them. When, 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 when their grief rips from them the peace they thought they had, when they realized that they had forgotten the most important thing. Immediately, this 26-year-old knows things have got to change, and they need to change now. So he orders every evil stronghold, every pagan ritual, all the priests of the idolatrous temples, he, he orders them destroyed. He removes the mediums and the spiritists. He, he orders the sacred sites and the pagan temples and everything in them burned to restore the covenant that the people of God had forgotten. He chose to be a good king good king who remembered. There is power when we remember. Not just in our heads, but when we remember out loud. When we remember who God is. When we remember what God has done. I don't know about you, but it was a powerful moment. Susie stood up there and shared what God has done, right? There's power to bless, there's power to protect, there's power to teach, and there's power to protect, to protect the future by allowing what God has done to inform what happens next. What's that, uh, there's that old saying, right? Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. I don't ever want my boys to make the same mistakes I made. And how are they going to know if I'm not willing to tell them? Because it matters. Remembering matters. It is a part of our history. It helps us know who we are. Did you know that as of next month, as of June, we will have been worshiping in this space for 15 years? Did you know that? It's good to remember. Did you know that in the old sanctuary, there were these stained glass windows that were removed, but so that we would not forget them, an artist did renderings of those stained glass windows, and those renderings hang in this room right now. Along that wall, and along that wall. Do you ever notice those? They're part of who we are. I asked my son if I could tell this story. I told it in the first um, service, and then uh, I realized I should have asked him before I did, because when you're a pastor, Dad, you got to be careful with stories. And he said it was okay. 
I remember worshiping in the gym when Break Away was in there, and this sanctuary did not exist. We came to worship with a friend of mine, uh, my friend from college, and little Will was an infant in a car seat. And we're sitting in these chairs way in the back, and we're enjoying worship, and things are going well, and suddenly my buddy and I are laughing, and our wives are like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And the reason we're laughing uncontrollably is because Will is just farting like crazy. And I said that to him. He goes, that was in that room? I'm like, yes, it was. He goes, I got to get back in there. Let's live history again. I said, dude, gross. Memories matter. They help us know who we've been. And not just the good ones. It's great to tell the stories of being blessed by God. But it's also important to tell the stories of how we've made mistakes so we know, so we can, we can share how God has protected us. Or even how he said, you know what, you're going to have the consequences for this one, but it's going to help you grow up. And so I get to tell these stories to my kids. I get to tell these stories to you. I get to remember the amazing moments where God protected me, encouraged me, grew me up. These are good stories to tell. We're meant to be storytellers. God wants us to share who he is. I don't ever want to forget the blessings that God has given me. I hope you don't forget them either. There's power in the remembering. If we don't tell our stories, our children will never know how God has moved in our lives. If we don't remember and share what we've been taught, we take the chance that they might fall down the same set of stairs we did. And that would be, that would be sad. So take a chance. I encourage you. Be willing to put yourself out there and share who God has been and what he has done so that our children may have many days in the land that the Lord our God has promised us. For his glory and the glory of the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how good you are. How faithful. To have been working in our lives for well, every single moment. The times that we can see you, we're blessed. The times that we can't see you, this is, this is when hindsight becomes a gift. And we can look back and we can, we can remember. Oh, that was difficult. And I thought you weren't there, but God, there you were. Standing right beside me every step of the way. Remind us of our stories. And give us the courage to tell them. Not so that we can be glorified not so that we can be renowned, but so that the truth of who you are can be proclaimed for the generations. We can tell our children and our children's children just how amazing and good is our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.